Blog Talk Radio. Are you there, Craig? I am here. All right. So, yeah, I thought I unmuted you, but can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. All right. So the voice that you're hearing is not someone we typically hear on Race Chat Live or uh, Southern Dirt Track Report or CJ's show, the Monday Night Show, or even Hank the J. Dillon show. We have none other than Miss Lee joining us, Mama Bear. Um, <laughs> Want to thank you very much for jumping in while Chris is recovering from the bug that we found out early today. And Taz, well, he's just he's just recovering from the senior racing experience that he went to this weekend at Stafford Motor Speedway. How are you, Miss Lee? I'm doing well, Craig. How about you guys? I am well. Hey, before we get started. How is the mister doing? He's hanging in there. Good. Good. I know I haven't touched base with you on how he is doing. But, hey, it was a pretty exciting weekend in both um, and Xfinity. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about Cup. And, I mean, the, the senior racing experience, as I call it, or the SRX series, it was good. It was nice to see the fat guy. I mean, Ryan flying Ryan Newman, the Rocket Man, <laughs> uh, get a win. Yeah, but, it was uh, nice to see. It was nice to see Shrek get get one for a change. Yes, I'm just surprised he could fit into the car. Right. I'm about probably as heavy as he is, but he is the off season. Well, him we, not racing. We've, seen, we've also seen the difficulties Mikey has getting in and out of them as tall as he is. Yes, you know, we've seen yeah. him at Daytona. 
when we went to the 500 in February, he was coming up to the stage uh, where Luke Bryan was getting ready to perform. You know, TV doesn't do it justice. He is very tall, Mikey Waltrip. Right. And very and very gray. Yeah. I seen that and I was like, holy cow. I guess being <laughs> Daryl's little brother has its disadvantages. <laughs> right. So Ryan Newman got his first Ryan Newman got a win in the SRX series this weekend. That was exciting for him and his family that he got to spend it with you know, he had his kids there and all that. Um Tyler Reddick. I'm gonna tell you what, I watched the last part of that race, and uh, I watched, uh, I think it was from 20 laps in, uh, to go in stage two, and then the rest of stage three. And we, you know, nobody had him this week on our picks list. Uh, right. It's, it's almost like we, he was an afterthought. Um mm-hmm. It was it was nice to see him win. It was nice to see a first time another five. Uh, I think we're at five first time winners this year, uh, which really doesn't do well for the people who were used to seeing in the chase already, like Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, right. and, and people like that. I mean, what's that? I said those around the cut line. Yeah, Kevin Harvick sitting on the cut line, and uh, it. it you don't it's not something that you're used to seeing, so it I don't know what the SHR four team has to do to uh get him out of the slump, but they better think of something if they want if they expect him to make the chase. I mean, technically <laughs> let's see where he's sitting at point wise. Well I got it here. Uh I mean currently he's sitting eleventh in point. What's that? Isn't he just below the cut line now with with, with Reddick's win? According to points right now, according to NASCAR.com as of uh, five seconds ago, he is currently sitting 11th. Okay. If the chase were to start, if the chase were to start now, he would be on the cut line. Um. Which is pretty scary. So, well, him, him and Almarola got to get moving. Yeah, I don't think it's just a, a Kevin Harvick issue. I think it's an SHR issue all around. Oh, I do too, because those teams are used to being top. I'm sorry, they would be 17th and 18th in point standings if it was to start. So both of them would be out. Right. That's what I so thought. So that was I, I misread that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what SHR has to do to turn their season around, but those two are in, uh, uh, those two are going to be in serious trouble if they've only got eight races to get it figured out. I mean, you got Chase Elliott with two wins. You got Chastain with two wins. Larson with a win. Logano, uh, giggles as, uh, as calls him, uh, with two wins and, I mean, and Byron with two. I mean, there's no three-time winners this year. I don't think Elmerol is going to make it this year. I have my doubts. I would like to see him make it, seeing how it's his final year. Right. 
my fear is that he's going to be like the ones that have won it for the their first races this year. They're going to be out in the if they make it. If they make it, uh, I mean Reddick's pro- pretty solid. Um, but even Cindric, if it were to start right now, he's going to be starting fifteenth. Um, right. So my fear is, and I say this every time, even when Michael McDowell won Daytona. Last year, he's going to be. They're going to be out within the first round. Exactly. Uh, if they, if if Cindric and those guys do not get their stuff together, they're going to be out quick. Um, see where Bubba Wallace is getting the twenties crew for the uh, for this weekend and going forward. Yeah. I'm not so just, so tell me again. Tell me again how twenty three eleven is not a satellite Joe Gibbs team. Exactly, exactly. And we've and we've all said that from the beginning that they're they're a satellite team. Um Kurt Bush said it best a few weeks ago. This is this is Joe Gibbs's problem. The problems that twenty three eleven specifically uh Bubba right. is having. This is their problem now. We are going to a style track that benefits Bubba quite well, which is you know, with the new paving job that Atlanta just had, <laughs> they consider this a super speedway now because of the speeds yeah. are so fast. So this, as much as Taz hates that, and I know that he's listened, he's coming up about 8.30 or so. Uh, he's going to give us his SRX preview. And uh, But this track benefits him. When they were there last time, I believe if what I remember is correct, he finished eighth. And he does well at this type of track. So, you know, maybe with a new pit crew and um, this style track, it will benefit him. I really don't want to see the guy do bad, but he's awfully cocky cocky for a guy that only won one race under race. I would I that's exactly where I was going was his damn attitude. I don't think that the change is necessarily going to make a difference for him until he gets that chip off his shoulder. Right, and he doesn't. And I posted this on the Race Chat Live page earlier today. By the way, folks, if you're listening, share the link around. Um, you know, I, I know that Artie from. Uh, one of the other shows, uh, Southern Dirt Track Racing Report, is uh, said he was going to listen in. Taz is going to call in. Luke Rakowski is going to join us at 9 o'clock to talk about Fonda and their big weekend, things how he was there. Um, <laughs> share the link around, folks. We would definitely appreciate it. Bubba has not been around long enough to develop an attitude problem like he has. He reminds me of a spoiled rich kid. Right. Who thinks because he's what's the best way to say this? Different. He's entitled. I just got told be nice. Uh, well, you know what? Let me mention another name that was like that when he first got started in NASCAR. Is Ben Rhodes was very mm-hmm. much the spoiled rich kid. And Dale Jr. Yeah, you raised a good point there. But Ben Rhodes 
has turned things around. He has earned respect. Um, despite his championship uh, interview last year, um, but but as a racer, he he has earned respect, and people don't look at him like the spoiled, entitled, rich kid that he actually is. But now, who personifies that in the Xfinity series is none other than Ty Gibbs. Correct. Um, you know, and, and we've said this, and the kid is an amazing racer. But he thinks because Papa owns the race team that he can get away with some things that maybe he needs his attitude put in check for. I um, don't know if you had the opportunity to um, uh, watch that interview from NASCAR.com that I shared about the backseat drivers talk whether or not Ty Gibbs deserved to move up to Cup. I didn't get and a chance is, to look at that. Okay. Well, one of the things um, – Steve Lathart said, obviously, they want to, you know, get Kyle Busch back. But if not, he said he wouldn't hesitate to put Ty Gibbs in a cup car because no matter when he moves into it, he's still going to have roughly 80 races before he finally gets it and it clicks in. So Mamba posited that... Ty Gibbs needed an attitude adjustment. And Steve came back talking about Ty's interview after last weekend's win and how he seemed a little bit more humble. Somebody said something, obviously said something to Ty about how he has to earn respect and that he did see that a little bit in his post-race interview. So maybe, just maybe, Ty's, you know, starting to see that, yeah, okay, he's got this guaranteed ride, but he has, he, he's starting to realize that he has to earn the respect of the other drivers. Right, because, you know, honest to God, Grandpa ain't going to be around forever. Right. And I, I don't know. I was raised in a different generation where you had to earn your stripes. Um, you and I both, sir. So just because you were given some, just because you were born into something doesn't mean that it's a God-given right that you get it. Right. Um, here's a Here's a prime example. My father is very well known in the county that in which I live in. Um, I don't ask for favors, and I don't want any. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he built his name here. I have to build mine. Right. right. Now, has his name opened up doors for me somewhat where people will trust me with things? Absolutely. Right. But that's as far as it goes, and that's as far as I want it to go. I met the county Correct. commissioner today, and he says, oh, my God. He, sa- he says, you're Mike's son, aren't you? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I just love your father. He says, he's an amazing mm-hmm. man. I said, well, I hope that I can one day live up to be what uh, what he is to your community. Right. 
And the guy just didn't know what to say. He was like, if you mm-hmm. need help with anything, you give me a call. No, I'll do it on my own. <laughs> but thank you. Right. And and that's where Ty Gibbs needs to get, I feel. But yes, Grandpa is is an is a championship winning car owner and a championship winning football coach. But that's his destiny. That's his legacy. Ty needs right. to create his own. He needs to be careful because you know what? He gets in the cup series and let's say Kyle is driving for SHR. Um as Chris likes to point out. Right. I believe it was SHR. Kyle isn't gonna take Ty's Ty's attitude. He right. might take it if they're teammates and talk to him afterward. But if they're not teammates, he's not gonna put up with it. No, he won't. Know? And maybe that's maybe that's just what Ty needs is is somebody to come in and and rough up his rough up his feathers. <laughs> Taz just says uh, Kyle will put his little arse in the wall. Absolutely, he's not going to put up with it as well. He shouldn't. But I was glad to see that it was an Xfinity regular winning the race Saturday, than a Cup regular. Right. And uh, you know what? I, to, to, to Ty's credit, he did it cleanly. Yes. Because I think if he didn't, Kyle Larson would have opened up a can on him. Right. Or he would have a really good memory when he does get to Cup Series. And I think right. Toyota is going to do what they have to do to save Kyle Larson or Kyle Bush. From going to Florida, uh, I think he'll they'll do it at all costs. Yeah, because he's, he's, were, he's definitely too important to Toyota. He has, if I remember right, and, and Taz is on here on our uh, thread, um, and he just said, "Daddy Kyle will teach a little Ty a lesson." Um, I think Kyle Bush equates to about thirty-eight percent of Toyota's wins. Since he's been affiliated with Toyota. Well, and not so, only that, so he, if if Kyle jumps ship from Toyota, what he, his truck team's not going to stay with Toyota. Right. Right. Exactly. So you have to look at it like that too. So Kyle's or Toyota's going to want to do whatever they can. Now Ty has a lot of learning to do. I mean, he's only going to be twenty years old. Um, in about five months, uh, he turns twenty twenty on October fourth. I'm looking at his uh, Wikipedia or whatever it is page on his okay. bio. So he is still young. I mean, my son is older than his. Our sons are older than he is. Yeah, um, but so he's got a lot. Right. Um. Taz just says, Kyle will run in trucks full-time. You watch when he's not in a cup car, he's going to go that direction. And and that could very well be. Um, but Ty's got a lot of learning to do, and I think he's going to do it. Now, um, getting back to Sunday. Thing, I, I was just going to say, get... let, let, let's get back to this 
uh, crew cut or crew switch with uh, Christopher Bell and, and uh, Bubba. Yeah, I'm going to go so right. Much. In. I'm, I'm going to go right. Go come right in and say it. That twenty car in Joe Gibbs is the redheaded stepchild. Yes, it has been ever since Tony Stewart left it, and they obviously don't give a crap about Bell. Exactly. I, I said it in our chat right before the show went on. The 20 car is like a crash test on it. It's the same thing that it is the same thing that they did to Dale Jr. in the 8 car when he was leaving to go to Hendrick when he was in his contract here. They made his car the test car. At least that's the way it seems to me. Now, that's my opinion. I, I just think that they're using Christopher Bell. I think he's got talent. But I don't think Joe Gibbs wants to give him the the necessary equipment to be a winner or to be top-notch. So... Taking away his pit crew and giving them to Bubba, as you said in the opening, you can't tell me that this isn't a fifth and sixth Joe Gibbs team. Because right. it is. Um, Taz just said this should be a bullet to Christopher Bell. He should be irritated. He should be, but what good is it going to do? Nothing. What good is it going to do he is, has- is that it, it tells him that he needs to start looking at his prospects for whenever his contract is up because he knows they're not going to renew it. But he could also do this. He's being handed lemons. And I don't know if it's so much the pit crew or if it's Booty Barker or if it's a combination of both for um, Bubba Wallace. It could be a combination of both. So let's just say that he's getting lemons. What do we make with lemons? Lemonade. Correct. If he has the ability to go out, because I look at Atlanta as a wild card race now. Right. It's, it's now super fast. Day. Exactly. Um, it's, it's super fast, so it's a wild card. It's a wild card seven races before the chase starts. If Christopher Bell could put together a top five or even pick up a win with this band of hooligans that Bubba Wallace had, then he just proved that it's not the pit crew. Exactly. They did their job. Or here's a a better scenario, and let's see what Taz chimes in on this. Take Booty Barker and the crew and put them over with Christopher Bell and give um, Christopher Bell's crew chief and crew to Bubba Wallace and see what happens. Right. And, and you know what? You raise, you raise a very good point there, Craig. I don't think it's necessarily the pit crews. I think it's more the crew chiefs and how they – are able to work with the driver. And for all intents and purposes, it just seems like Bubba is very difficult to work with. I, you know, he, yeah, you think? 
he, he seems like he reminds me of Kyle Bush and Kyle Bush's younger years when he didn't get what he wanted. He cried. He complained. A Kyle he blamed Bush everything. without the talent to back it up. There you go. There you go. Bingo. Kyle Bush without the talent. That pretty much sums it up. All right. So we are coming up on 825. We got about five minutes left. We're getting ready to go. We'll, we'll talk about Atlanta for a couple of minutes before Taz calls in. Uh, so, Taz, if you're calling in, call in. Um, Taz is going to give us a quick 10 to 12 minutes of SRX news. Uh, seeing how he was there, he did send me an audio clip, but I didn't get a chance to, to download it into the computer and, and mess with it. So he is actually going to... Uh, call in and give us a quick 10 to 12 minutes synopsis on it and, and what his thoughts were minus the the uh, first thunderstorms on Friday night and they were supposed to get hammered with rain as we got hammered with rain Saturday here at Hendry County in Hendry County uh, poured is an understatement the pits were underwater um, I saw that but picture. it is sure that was crazy listen it is guaranteed in South Florida at 3 p.m. to have a rainstorm, guaranteed. I was going to take but the motorcycle not, to work today. Always a, but isn't it, it's not always a rainstorm. I mean, it normally rains, but it doesn't normally rain that heavy. Uh, it'll rain heavy for about 10 minutes, and then it's done. And then it right. gets hot as all get it. Right. But That's what I remember from my This This sport. rain lasted Miss Lee, this rain lasted almost two hours on Saturday. Wow. Two hours. Like, it was, it was, you probably could have went outside, took a full shower, and you wouldn't have had to pay for water because the good Lord supplied it all. Huh. Um, you, could, you could have went out and had mud wrestling matches in the pits. Speaking of, before we get to Taz, what about Joey Chestnut yesterday in Coney Island? Oh, my gosh. That dude, he took that pro- protester down in the chokehold and never missed a freaking beat. Nope. And a cool thing, I was, at, I was at one of those a few years ago. Security, I'll guarantee you, security is going to get a stern talking to because that should not have happened. So, right. But kudos to him. Um, but yeah, that I, he, I, that that clip will be a classic forever. Yes, it'll almost be as good as the prayer that the pastor did in Nashville last ten years ago last and, week. Yep, yep. There you go. So, all right, Taz Taylor, are you calling in? All right. Well, we'll try to get him on when he when he gets here. No, it was um, no, it was a hot dog eating contester. Yeah, um, was it the annual Nathan's hot dog eating contest on yeah. Coney Island? Yeah, that place is nuts. That's a place you want to stay away it from was, on Fourth of it July. It was the first year back uh, at the actual Nathan's stand since the pandemic. Yeah, my uncle used to be a uh, promotions director for for Nathan's. 
<laughs> Excuse me. So I went down there two years in a row for it. The first year was pretty cool. The second year was was cool, but it was packed. It was packed all the way around. Like it was standing room only. Obviously. I'll bet. But uh all right, well Taz is gonna call in shortly. Let's go on a checkered black fat checkered flag <laughs> checkered flag a black flag news um for this weekend. I'll let okay. you start, Miss Lee. Give me your checkered right, flag well, my, and your black flag. My checkered flag goes to safety. After that huge crash in the Xfinity race, the fact that every single driver walked away safely was amazing. Because that was just, it was just one car after another. You know, a couple squeaked through and then it was just so cloudy, dusty, that so many cars couldn't see what they were getting into, and that was an area with no spotters. So kudos to the safety innovations and the safety teams that everybody walked away. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously safety has been paramount since 2001. Correct. Um, You know, it's a shame that it took the death of a legend to uh to to get NASCAR to come up with safety innovations. But it did and thank God that every year now they they build these cars safer and safer. I watched a wreck with Phil Parsons the other day. How that man walked away from that crash is astronomical. I was watching uh uh Dale Jr.'s podcast on, on Peacock and okay. they showed they showed Phil Parsons wreck and I'm thinking to myself Oh my and, god, you know, this guy's lucky to have It was nineteen eighty four I believe it was. Okay. And I'm and thinking to myself God. I'm thinking it's just this is amazing at the fact that he walked away from that the the Roof was torn off of the car, and his head was on the track. So right. he said it wasn't it wasn't the tumbling that hurt. It was the impact, and he ended up. He didn't know he had a broke shoulder until one of the reporters or the safety crew come over and like pulled him away. He says, "And I'm not mm-hmm. blaming that person for my shoulder." He says, because it was probably broke before that. But, you know, we wouldn't have known it because the adrenaline was so high. All right. Right. My exactly. black, what's your checkered I, flag for the weekend? You, oh, that that was my checkered flag. And I just wanted to throw this out there, that F1 had a really bad crash as well. Yeah. And the new halos that they're using saved that driver's life as well. So, Again, oh yeah. oh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, well. All right, what is your black flag? Um, Noah Gregson and his retaliatory move against Sage Karam. Yeah, Noah's another Noah, one that needs to be put. He's a, he's a hothead. 
He is a hothead. He's another Somebody one who needs to have uh, his his uh, arson of sling, if you will, adjusted. because his attitude is getting worse and worse and worse. Which means that if if I'm looking at attitudes, he's not the person that I want in a car in a cup car. Right. At a half half a million dollars or more, I'm not going to put somebody in a car that's going to destroy it when they get upset. Right. So, um, well, my checkered flag goes to um, Ryan Newman hmm. for his for his pass on Marco Andretti. Kaz, don't get don't get too excited, buddy. I am still not backing the senior racing experience. Um, <laughs> I just think I just think it's great. <laughs> I just think it's great that he came in and he raced clean. The pass wasn't as clean as I think it should have been. There was a lot of beating and banging. And I will say, after the talk last week that Uncle Tony gave everybody, the only Come one up. where really a banged-up race car was Mikey Walter. Um, He was missing a front quarter panel. My checkered flag goes to goes to Ryan Newman. Um, my black flag, honestly, is going to go to... Um, Again, Taz, this is my opinion. Um, you'll see what I'm talking about, Ms. Lee, when you read his comment. Um, my checkered, my black flag is going to go to uh, Bubba Wallace and his cocky, arrogant thinking, his, his arrogant thinking of that he's pretty much God Almighty and can walk on water. Amen. Um, you know. Yes, Taz, I'd still wreck my mother for the win. Heck, I'd wreck Teresa for the win. Mm, 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 well, <laughs> Teresa might have something to say about that. Yeah, she just did. You didn't hear her. Uh, <laughs> it, it was PG. Um, but, oh, my God, Taz. It's a senior racing league. It's not a big deal. He's all upset because I said Newman's pass wasn't clean. Oh, we're going to bring Taz on. Look, yeah, look for his number. Bring him on. I got him. All right there, Blatty boy. Are you on? Okay, mister. Contradict yourself. Listen, listen. At least I know how to shave. Now, you got eight minutes. Give us your SRX recap. Eight minutes? I've been on hold for longer than that. That's not my problem. We got time, Craig. You're not even supposed to be here tonight, so give us your report. All right, I'm well, kidding, I'll Taz. Go my, ahead. I'll give you my report as long as I want it then. But anyways, um, Stafford, um, we got there Friday night, and when we got there, uh, well, to our hotel and to dinner anyways, we uh, we had – looked at the weather for Saturday and it literally said 
rain for like 90% of the day up until like 8, 8.30, maybe a tad bit later. And I was like, this is not what I want to see. This is not what I want to hear. Something's better change. And we're already looking into a bummed out day and trying to figure out what was going to happen now. So then we just kind of said, well, we'll see how things go and go from there. And at about 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, um, I started notice. I personally started uh, noticing some random flashes going off. And I woke up, turned around, looked in the bathroom, because that's where it was, the flashes were coming from that I was noticing. I wasn't sure if it was like a safety light in the bathroom going off at the hotel or if it was a lightning storm or, or something else happening. I wasn't sure. So then, like, 10 seconds later, I hear a nice little rumble. I was like, oh, we got a nice thunderstorm. And it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where lightning strikes were going off, like, nearly every five seconds. Um, And then it went on for about maybe half an hour-ish. And then I was – while I was going on, I kept on thinking, all right, this, this better be, like, the most of it. I was like, if it rains during the day for a little bit, but not at night, well, I'll be okay with it. And, well, thunderstorm went on, and we woke up in the morning, got ready to go for breakfast and whatnot. And we sat there, checked the weather, and we're supposed to get a small shower at around, uh, I think it was like around lunchtime, maybe 1 o'clock. And then there was supposed to be another one that was supposed to be from, like, Five, from like five o'clock to about eight, I would roughly say. And when it happened, and so we were like, "All right, well, we'll take cover and we'll figure things out when we get to that point." Then we fig, so we got to the track at around eleven thirty-ish. Then we waited in line afterwards for about half an hour because gates opened at noon, and everyone started piling in. You know. we got closer to noon and whatnot. So we were like, all right. And we got in the gate, went to the SRX uh, merchandise hauler. Now, this is where I'm going to start being a little bit of a downer on SRX because they literally said last week um, to the South Boston fans, hey, we got a new driver of merchandise. And I'm like, cool. We can get some, you know, driver merchandise for this year. And told my girlfriend that she goes, she goes, all right, I hope they, can, they have, like, a Bill Elliott car or Bill, Bill Elliott merchandise, you know, that type of deal that has, you know, the right color car for them. And we pull up there, and the only driver merchandise they had was a Ryan Newman hat and a Matt Hirschman T-shirt. Everybody else was basically said, screw you, it was just regular SRX hats and T-shirts. And so... <laughs> Do you think and maybe, so, Kaz, that was a supply issue? I don't know if it's a supply issue or if it was like a I don't. I can't see it being like a naming rights type deal, but um, I'm really not sure. So literally, I can tell you guys that at Mid-Ohio, the very first year they had the um, – Xfinity race there, there were team merchandise haulers all over the place. 
in subsequent years, it went down to where you had the type of people that just talk whatever they've got and no team haulers at all. Just the uh, REI, um, I think, was the only official hauler that was in there with the radio people. Um, and and it just, the, the midway went down to nothing. You're, you're going down the same direction I'm about ready to go down because uh, the only other real merchandise stuff besides whatever the track had itself was a Bobby Labonte souvenir tent where they had, of course, a lot of his SRX uh, merchandise of hats, stickers, uh, shirts, koozies. They had a few, had a few of his uh, modified merchant, uh, merchandise items too, but that was it. There was no real vendors. The only vendor that was there was the SRX tool company or whatever. And... Um, it was a shame because last year when we went, there was so much going on. Like the, some of the SRX official merchandise was at the Tony Stewart hauler. So you can get Tony Stewart merchandise and official SRX, uh, merch as well. And then there was a, there was a whole big tent set up of what was called the SRX driver gear. Basically, uh, somebody outside the SRX got permission to sell driver merchandise through the SRX. And this year, like I said, lack of driver merchandise through SRX themselves. Um, only one, only one vendor was there this year. It, I mean, there was really like not much to do at all from twelve o'clock till about three o'clock. Right, well, and 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 the midway at Mid Ohio, it was more like a flea market experience than a true racing midway experience. Yeah, it was it was just disappointing. That's where I'm at. Because um, Bree and I looked at each other and we walked around and we're like, this is really it? Because we didn't see anything in the main section. Then we went up towards where some of the other vendors were last year. And like I said, the only vendor that was there was the uh, the corn, I think it was Cornwall Tools or Cornwall Tools, uh, little vendor, but that was like it, and we were kind of like disappointed, especially with the follow-up from last year. Like we thought there would be a lot more, and unfortunately there wasn't. So about, so we kind of just like chilled out for like a little bit. Um, we found where the stage was for the Q and A session, so we sat at a picnic table nearby, and we waited till about two thirty to start walking up to. Uh, where the stage was, and we kind of chilled out there. Then about 3 o'clock came about, uh, the SK Modified guys came out with their cars and did their own, like, little pit party, kind of like last year. Um, so I was I was getting ready to – I was walking around a bit. I uh, picked up the Ronnie Williams hero, hero card along with his signature, uh, and hopefully I can – I gotta find his Facebook page on his hero card that's listed here and see if I can reach out to him. Maybe we can get him on as a guest, but um I'm getting ready to find um meet up with uh Mike Christopher Junior and 
Couldn't find him, but I found his car, and then I get a message saying, oh, come back, or, the, you know, it's getting more crowded, so I went back and chilled out for a bit, and they interviewed some of the SK Modified drivers. Um, one of them was Mike Christopher Jr., and then a few others came on as well. And once they got done with the SK guys, then the SRX people came in, like three drivers at a time. And let me tell you, some of these drivers, some of them, not all of them, are literally, what you see on TV is what you get. And I'll highly emphasize one driver towards the end because he was the last one on there. Uh, Newman, great, per, great guy. He's genuine. He tell, I mean, he tells you uh, the truth and whatnot. Um, Paul Tracy, what you see in TV is what you get, basically. So you see that, you know, kind of jerkhead attitude. That's pretty basically him. But he does have quite a bit of a humor side, I'll, I will say that. Um, Deegan is just Deegan. Um, training. The next group was Labani, Hunter Ray, and Biffle. Uh, more of a chilled out, mellowed out group right there. Um, Deegan signed some autographs when her group got off. Uh, Bobby Labani and Ryan Hunter Ray were the same deal. Um, then it was Matt Hirschman, oh God, Bill Elliott, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy that was with them. But um, Bill Elliott stayed for some autographs. Um, luckily, we got Luckily, we did get his autograph. Um, I tried for Newman and Labonte since those were my two uh, favorite drivers for the SRX this year, but uh, things didn't really pan out for that way. But we got Bill Elliott, and the other half was happy that she got it, but she also felt bad at the same time. I'm like, you win some, lose some. That's how things go. Uh, But then came Marco Andretti. Um, Marco Andretti came up, Tony Stewart came up, and Michael Waltrip for the last group. Michael Waltrip is, when you see him, you know, have fun, relax, but, you know, he throws his funny side in there, pokes his little jokes. That's basically him. Um, he's really like that. He's a cool guy. Uh, Tony Stewart, what he really emphasizes the phrase I'm saying. What you see on TV is what you get. He is literally, he's literally got that peckerhead side of him, if I could say it in a clean way. <laughs> so he he really he really is that way. He says it like it is, and he doesn't care because they some of the questions they asked were the common one was what's your biggest pet peeve, and the the most common one was the slow driver in the fast lane type deal. And Tony Stewart literally said the biggest thing that irritates me was uh, is you slow people driving in the fast lane and people start laughing and Tony goes, you know who you all are because you all do it. (laughs) He called called him. It was funny, but Chase. He he literally is what you see on TV. He he's not he doesn't change when the camera's on him, and he doesn't change when the camera's off him. He stays the same. I didn't I didn't think Tony would. I, from everything that I've seen from him on social media, he is he is who he is, and he 
does not apologize for it. No, he doesn't. He he calls it like he sees it, and um, I think that's one thing that we're kind of missing in SRX, or not, well, not really SRX, but NASCAR nowadays. I mean, Kyle Busch kind of does it, but I think some people get a little butt hurt by it. I don't know why, but that's just world nowadays. Um, well, so I think, got... I Sorry, think that, that you want your people to be real. Um, you know, we wouldn't expect anything less out of Tony Stewart than we would out of Kyle Busch. Um, you know, you want to keep it real. You don't want to keep it. You don't want to come off. They grew up in a time of politically correctness. The only one that got that. The only one that got that clue was Jeff Gordon. Um, you know, these guys are real. What you see is what you get, and. Honestly, that's the way it should be. Go ahead, Taz. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. And it's great that you say that because I would say about all of these guys, well, I think there's a one or two exceptions of that that were literally what you see in TV is what you get. I mean, like I said, Newman, um, he's got that funny personality in him, great guy, Um Paul Tracy is like another Tony Stewart, but I think he's kind of more funnier, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, I can understand why those two get along. (laughs) But um, Q&A got done, so um, I went back over, got a uh, quick photo with Kyle Ricky of MRN afterwards, and got a photo of a, uh, Mike Christopher Jr. And then what's what's the biggest thing that I kind of missed out on was getting a picture with Sandy Montag and uh, Mr. Hawk, the CEO of SRX. Because we didn't have anything for the drivers to sign. We started noticing people crowding the gate with things to sign, and they had markers and stuff ready. And so my girlfriend's like, go out to the car quick and grab a pen. I was like, all right, I'll use my one re-entry for this. So grabbed the pen, came back in the gate, and I noticed some SRX people sitting in golf carts, and I was just walking by, you know, trying to hurry back. And I look over, I was like, hey, that, hey, that one guy looks familiar. Well, I had, to, I had to literally look this up because I'm sitting here like, I know who this guy is, but I can't put name to face. So I said, screw it, I'll just keep on going, you know. Well, my rushing self well, kind of paid the price for it because that's when I noticed it was Mr. Hawk, the CEO of SRX, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, well, another win some, lose some moment. Just keep on going. And, but we went to the, the we watched the SK Modified practice after the Q&A um, and saw their race, their 50 lap race uh they're pretty mellowed out for the most part till about 20 laps to go then about every two to three laps for the most part they kept on uh kept on throwing out a yellow for some stupid mistakes and whatnot and it was chaotic it went they went from like 31 cars to start to about oh geez i think they finished with like 16 it was just it was just 
a mess. And I believe it was Steven Kopsik that won the race. I don't remember off the top of my head. And the track champion from last year in the division was Todd Owen, and he finished second. I remember that, and I don't remember the top five from there. But overall, not a bad race. I just wish the ending wasn't such a wreck fest. <laughs> but um, then things chilled out. To, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought, and then I'll ask you then, my question. Then things chilled out for a couple hours for the SRX, for the SK modified guys to, you know, get off the track and let the SRX people take over. And then about 7.30 is when things started picking up. Uh, cars were on the track, lined up, gridded, ready to go. Uh, they did somewhat of driver introductions. Not the greatest way to go, but they kind of did them. Um, and then for the, the race itself, I didn't think it was bad at all. Um, you had 12 great drivers on a great half-mile track. They were trying to find ways to pass, but because of the great field of drivers you had, it was just hard to pass. And and uh, I was listening to a post-race interview from Bobby Labonte, and he said he probably could have moved up a couple more spots, but it was just a little difficult to pass with the amount of talent that was on the track. And Haley Deegan, I will say this, she's got talent, but I think she puts so much pressure on her and she lets the fame get to her that she that the reason why she's struggling the way she is is because of those two things. And I couldn't agree she, more. She she literally held her own on the front in heat one and she literally drove her way from the back to I think it was like sixth or seventh when it was all said and done. So, if she can stop putting so much pressure on herself and forget about the fame part, I think she is good to go. And she's got one heck of a road ahead of her. Uh, but human winning... I agree, I agree 100%. And I think that affects her performance in the truck series as well. Yeah. She's got this famous dad. She's got her, or, you know, the family pushing her. You know, she she needs to take a chill pill. I think, I think for her, I think what she needs to do, I think she just needs to take a step back. I don't mean from racing, but just take a step back and go back to basics. Don't worry about the pressure from your family and, you know, you obviously got pressure from your sponsor and your car owner, but even take those and put those on the back burner and go back to basics. You know what? You know, and and I, I, can't, I cannot disagree with that, Craig, but it's also, and, and I hate to pull this card, but it also has to be with, has to do with being a girl racer. And having to prove things that guys don't necessarily have to prove, and and and, and I really I really do hate to pull that, but I have seen very many talented women drivers who cannot make it up the ranks, and it's 
because they feel that they have more to prove than the other drivers around them just because they're women. I agree. I think I think the biggest I think the biggest one right now besides her is Jennifer Jo Cobb. Um, I Jen think if she was actually raced like for years, exactly. And part of me wonders if, and then Kaz, I'll get to your, I'll get to the question because I haven't forgotten it yet. Uh, but we got about three minutes left in this segment, so I want to get to the question and get a quick answer from you. Um, is if she ran for a team that she didn't own, the pressure that Jennifer Jo Cobb faces. I don't know it wouldn't be as extensive because now she currently she owns the team. So everything is riding and on her shoulders. And that killing her too. Right. Because she's not getting top-notch equipment. She's getting what she can afford. And I think that hurts her. But getting back to my question, Kaz, it's simple. Yes, no, quite possibly. <laughs> Did SRX have, was there any rumbling Saturday at Stafford about next season, them coming back? Um, I'm trying to think of an answer because Tony Stewart did mention the Q&A that the reason why they went to Stafford is because not only it was the originator, but Stewart said that there was such a great vibe last year that they decided to come back this year, and Tony Stewart literally put Stafford over his own track last year for coming back so, this year. My next question is this. Are you going to get tickets for next year when they release them, if they, if they decide to put it back on the track? And we already know what changes you hope to see next year because you said it earlier in your opening uh, monologue. But would you get tickets again to go, regardless of who the drivers are? Well, the plan next year is, regardless of wherever they are next year, the plan is um, we're not going to do SRX next year. We're going to hopefully try to squeeze in a NASCAR race and travel to Dover. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, listen, Taz, stay on. Listen for the name. You don't have nothing to do tonight anyway. So <laughs> you could you could You're stay on guy. and be one of our listeners. I want to thank you for calling in quick and spending a half hour with us, uh, giving us your SRX review. Uh, it is 9 o'clock, so it's time to shift gears. We're going we're gonna to shift to the local focus. Uh, my buddy Luke Rakowski, who we all know, uh, from Rakoski Family Racing. We've had him on a few few times over the last four, five, six years. He was at the race at Fonda this past Saturday. Um, and uh, Sunday, I believe. So I would like to welcome my good buddy, Luke Rakoski, on. Luke, how are you, my friend? What is going on, Craig? Not much. I'd like to introduce you to a lady we never hear from. I want to introduce you to Miss Lee. She is our uh, 
She is our promotions director extraordinaire. She keeps us all in line the best she knows how. Uh, she is kind of like Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> well, so, well, someone has to keep you in line, Craig. Hi, Luke. I know I've messaged you on Facebook before, so we're good. Very good. Well, it's nice to uh, nice to finally talk to you. Nice to talk to so, you, Luke, too. You, uh, uh, Miss Lee, I just want to say, hold on one second. You want to say that again? I said somebody needs to give that poor lady some alcohol. <laughs> I, it's taken care of, Teresa. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when did Teresa so, become part of this show? Well, see, right now. Uh, because that's she a, said that's so. fair enough. Uh, I can't argue with that, and I won't argue with it. I've I've learned two words from living in the South. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yes, dear. No, it's not yes, dear. It's yes, ma'am. Yeah, that too. And then I do what I want. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, Luke, you were at Fonda this past weekend. I was, yep. Sunday, Sunday for the Firecracker 50. Tell us all about Sunday's race at Fonda. All right. Well, um, so Ava and Aaron and I, we we traveled out to Fonda for the Firecracker 50, which I should have uh, um, prepared this better. It was the fifth, I believe, itineration of the, you know, the fifth event of the race and the fourth, if I remember correctly, under the Short Track Super Series banner. Um, it was a beautiful day sunny you know a slight breeze um the stands were packed it was it was it was a great you know just a great atmosphere um they had 45 modifieds and 43 sportsmen uh sign in so that's not too bad for just having two divisions you have almost 90 cars entered um so you ended up uh the heat race winners for the modifieds end up being Alex Yankowski, and I'll tell you what, that kid can drive. Yeah, Dan Creeden, uh, Bobby Varon, Stuart Friesen, and Tim Fuller won each of the won each of the heats. Consolation winners in the modifieds went to Frank Cozy and Roger Henyon. Uh, you had uh, for the 50 laps, Matt Williamson started on the pole. Danny Creeden was uh, started outside with front row Matt Williamson and Danny Creeden. And uh, so Matt Williamson uh, would check out. I mean, you start the poll at Fonda. You have pretty much, if you look down the roster of who was there for the modifieds, it's, it was a who's who and a what's what, you know, of racers in the Northeast. It's, it's like a super dirt week lineup, really. I mean, Minus, you know, a few of the Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania crew. But um, so Williamson would lead Matt would lead laps one through 12. And then uh, Mr. Freeze himself uh, took over from lap 13 and managed to to lead the rest of the race and win the 2022 Firecracker 50. He's won every Firecracker 50 that they've had at Fonda. Matt Shepard would draw tenth in the redraw and that shepherd would come from tenth to second and I believe um if my quick look over it was he was tied for the hard charger with a plus eight. 
Um, and he is, he got hurt by cautions. Um, uh, as Friesen said in his interview in Victory Lane, and we were in the pits afterwards with him, and he was talking that it, the track would take rubber um, pretty early on in the race, and it really it kind of locked down on the bottom. So if you were going to make a move, uh, you had to do it early. And if you if you look at the the standings or the the feature starting lineup versus where people finished, I mean passing was really at a premium. Um, I think you know plus eight. It was uh, Matt Shepard and and forgive me, I don't remember who who else went plus eight, but that was like the highest, and it was like plus four. You know, guys moved out. It was for 50 laps of racing. It was um, passing was at a premium, and if you didn't make your move early, um, you weren't really going to go anywhere at the end of the day. But Friesen would get in the lap traffic, and Shepard would reel him in because it was. I think, I think Shepard was a little better in lap traffic, and, and Friesen was kind of searching around to try to find something to get around the lap cars. It was difficult because, like I said, the the bottom would rubber up, and and it was really the fastest way around the track. So. They would start catch lap traffic, and and that caution. Timely yellows played into um, played in played into Friesen's hands, which helped him, because I think I really think overall um, Shepard might have had the better car by a little bit, but he never could get you know Friesen would jump out on the restarts, and 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 Shepard could never really get um, really get close enough. To, to really get within any striking distance outside of like one and two on the restart. And there was a couple of restarts where he tried a little of a middle to high slider and tried to catch something off the top. Just really wasn't there. He could get alongside of Friesen kind of in the middle of the corner and just Friesen would kind of take away after the end of, at the, you know, coming off the corner. But I mean, it was a really good race. Uh, and like it usually does when it comes to these races up at Fonda, it, it came down to Friesen, it came down to Shepard. And it's, it, it, I think if you look in the past, the history, it's come down to those two guys you know, at the end. So, um, but it was good. Um, Shepard, uh, you know, finished second, got the points lead in the Star Trek Super Series North region. So it was a good, it was good. Uh, it was a good outing for him. And, and I mean, you really can't complain about that. The, um, the biggest, I think, takeaway, the thing that's surprising is if you look at the did not qualify list for the modifieds, and we'll get to the sportsman after this, is you got Craig Hansen, you know, regular at Fonda, runs a great, he didn't qualify for the race. Jamike Soule didn't qualify. Jack Lehner didn't qualify. Ronnie Johnson didn't qualify for the race. Jessica Friesen did not qualify for the race. I mean, you you know, when you got to feel the 45 modifieds. People aren't going to qualify, but those names right there are not really, you know, on the list of people who you expect to not qualify for a race, you don't really, you know, or not, I wouldn't say expect, but, you know, out of a group of people who, who you wouldn't really see on the not qualify list to see those guys, those names that I listed off is really somewhat surprising, but you know, it was, you know, with the drawing for the heats and, you know, the track, they just ran, you know, they ran the regular show on Saturday and, um, and it's, it's tough. It's, you know, they did a great job. Uh, Dale and his crew do a great job. They put on a great show. They did a fantastic job with the track. The track was smooth. Um, it's just, it's hard to pack like a week's worth of track prep into like one night. And, you know, they, they did a fantastic job. Um, you know, it was, uh, it's just hard. It's just hard to turn over a track, you know, overnight to produce the same type of racing you would get if you were to, to, to 
have a week to prep the track, you know, in between a Saturday show. Um, another thing that was also surprising in the modified is Matt DiLorenzo won in, in commanding fashion on Saturday. And, uh, and um, I believe if, if memory serves and my eyes don't deceive me, he ended up taking the track. He did end up taking the track provisional and starting at the back. And I believe he started in park and he just, he was seemed to be off, um, you know, off all night with trying to figure, you know, trying to figure the track out, but that's also surprising. So, you know, you had quite a bit, a bit of, you know, mix up in, in, in names and, and guys you would think maybe would normally not, you know, they normally qualify for a race. They normally do well. You know, Rich Christman had a really good run. You know, he finished, I believe, just outside the top 10. It was a really good run for him. Uh, Chris Curtis, uh, a Fonda regular, you know, he was, he finished one, two, three. He finished sixth. Started, I think, I believe it was fourth. He finished, they had a great run. Um, so, you know, there's some guys who had some really good runs. There are some guys who didn't, you know, some names that didn't make the show that were very surprising. But um, it was entertaining to see, definitely to see. You know, we kind of knew that Friesen and Shepard were going to be out front. It was just a matter of who was going to get there and if they were going to be able to make the pass. But the yellows definitely helped Stewart, and they definitely hurt um, Shepard, you know, over the course of the race. Um, the sportsman feature, 30 laps, um, the heat race winners were Tyler Peake, Brett Mortensen, who had a really good run, um, uh, started uh, on the front row and just kind of faded faded a little late. Um, and then you had uh, Clark, uh, Cody Clark won a heat race. Mark Mortensen won a heat race. And um, Troy Zillis won the heat race, too. Uh, Troy Zillis ended up finishing second in the feature. Consolation winners were um, Matt Perry. Good to see him. Local, local guy. I believe first year in the sportsman, um, I think is his first year. Um, really good to see him uh, competing, you know, with a, really the high, you know, the top level stuff here with what Dale puts on him. And, and he had a good, he had a really good race. And, and Stephen Gray was the other consolation winner. So um, some notes um, uh, didn't qualify. Thing that sticks out for me, you got Nick Stone, pro stock extraordinaire, racing the sportsman. Uh, in the race on Sunday, and uh, he didn't. He didn't end up not qualifying for the show. So, um, you know, with the sportsman running after the after the mods, you know, it was it was um, you know, again, you know, the track was kind of locked down, and, and it was again passing was at a premium. And uh, uh, Rocky Warner ended up driving the the Brian Calabrese 21C, and he would end up uh, winning the race. And um, that car was hooked up, and he, you know, he said in the victory lane that just running. You know, 50 laps previously in the modified where he would finish. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, fifth. He finished top five in the mods. You know, he said well, it I helped him. And I can. What's that? I said I'm oh, I can count that. High. Yeah, that high. I had to use my fingers. Um, so. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, he said it helped him. You know, kind of. He was more aware of what the track was like, and how it was, and he could tell. You know, he drove a good race and um, ended up getting by. On uh, lap 14, uh, just about halfway past Brett. Brett was leading, you know, led about half the race. Brett Mortensen and Rocky got by him and would uh, finish out the race and take the checkered. So, um, now I did you know, see Brett- Luke on there. Real quick, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did see on there that Tanner posted it was neat to race with his dad if it was even for a split second. 
Uh, yep, I guess yep, him Kent, and his dad Kent. were racing side by side. Yep, yep. They were out there, and the sportsman, and Tanner actually came home fourth. He had a really good run. Um, it was good to see Mark Mortensen back uh, this week. He had a pretty nasty wreck, I believe, two weeks ago. Um, he finished fifth. So, um, you know, it was it was a good – it was a good – I'm telling you what, Brett Dale puts on a fantastic show. He gets fantastic car counts. The guy's a promoter extraordinaire. You know, if anyone's out there, an aspiring promoter, really just study what he does. Try to figure – you know, try to take some things that he does and – put it in your program and it's, um, it's it, it just, he knows what he's doing. And it was, uh, the atmosphere was great. The racing was great. He had a, he had a star studded field of, you know, modified and sportsman drivers and some guys you don't normally see at Fonda, you know, especially in the, in the sportsman um, category and, you know, some guys in the modified that don't normally come up and it was, it was just a really good, it was, a, it was a good race. Kind of, kind of heartbreaking the mods for Yankowski. Uh, I think his um, his motor ended up going south on him kind of early on, and he had to pull off. But he's he's fun to watch. There's a kid to watch in the modifieds for certain. So overall, I mean, we try to make it a a, a point to go every year. Fireworks are awesome afterwards. Um, the kids the kids uh, were very excited. They got to they got to go see. We went in the pits afterwards, and we got to hang out in Stewie's pit and. They got a picture with him, and Stuart signed Ava's shirt, and she was just super over the moon excited. Aaron was excited. Stuart's his favorite driver, and um, Stuart's very down to earth, very, very good with the fans. And and seeing, you know, the thing that kind of struck me is, you know, he just, you know, you won the, you just won, you know, you won at Fonda, you know, it's a, it's a big deal when the firecracker fifty, and and you know, seeing, you know, we were waiting, you know, we waited, we were, you know, waited polite. I tell the kid, just wait, you know, he's, you know, everyone wants to want to see him and have him sign stuff. But, the, you know, he, he, he got down, you know, he, he got down on the kid's level, eye to eye, and, and seeing their excitement at meeting him, he got the biggest smile on his face, and it was, it was totally worth it from that aspect. You know, he's, it's nice. You know, these guys are, you know, they're down to earth. You know, he's down to earth. He's humble. And it was really, a really, a, a really nice end of the night for us as fans and, and, and you know, racers and stuff to be able to do that and to, to experience that, especially for the kids. So, um, well, love going I to met him years. I met him years ago at uh, at a wedding that I did. Oh God, I can't remember there. I should, but old age is setting in. Uh, DKM. Um, mm-hmm. I met him at a wedding that they were the, that he was the him and Jessica were there. And he was just, even then, he was just super down to earth and super, as the kids nowadays say, chill. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and even we've had him on the show numerous times. I'm actually going to reach back out to him and see if we can't get him on one time this season. Um, probably closer to the chase after he wins one more. Uh, maybe exactly. this weekend. Oh. <laughs> maybe this weekend. Um, I, I heard that. Yes, I'll be rooting for that as well. But I, I'm, you know, he's one of the ones that he hasn't let fame go to his head, and he remembers, and he remembers where he came from, even though he's a big, yeah, uh, a truck series racer now. He still makes yeah. sure he races in the, at Fonda, and he makes sure that he spends time with with his, with Parker and. 
Parker's involved in everything that he does. And I, and I think that's just super, super cool of him to make sure that he gives back to the fans. And I've seen the picture that you're referencing. And if you would be so kind to send it to me, I'd love to post it on the Race Chat Live page. Yep, um, I'll send it to you as soon as you have a phone. All right. Um, I'll send it. I'll make sure to tag uh, Aaron Rakowski Racing, Rakowski uh, Family Racing, and and all that, so that way everybody can see it. But um, what was if if you could pick one thing besides Stewie's win that was the highlight of the fireworks fifty uh, that night? What would it be? Oh boy, that's a that's a that's a tough uh, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I think the highlight. And this is, I'm gonna. It's gonna like be you know relatively personal here. It really doesn't have anything to do with anyone on the track. I think the highlight of of every time we go to Fonda is um, is how excited, especially Ava gets to be there. And you know, there you know, Aaron is learning more, and Aaron points out guys and, and drivers and stuff, and he really pays attention. And, you know, he 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 starts rattling off names just by seeing like a the rear of the car, and I'm like, I don't even know who that guy is. But you know, he pays attention. But Aaron's, you know, we, you know, for those of that know Aaron, you know, he's he eats, you know, pretty much eats, sleeps, and breathes and racing. It's all he wants to do. He tells me, hey, I want to, I want to race, I want to race, I want to race. Well, well, you know, if I'm at home and we do, we watch a lot of flow. Shout out to Flow Racing. Thank you for all you do. We appreciate with the service those guys offer, being able to, you know, if we can't make it out, you know, to be able to help us root on our favorite local guys or national guys, it's great to have. Um, you know, if I'm at home, you know, the girls really aren't that interested. Aaron and I will sit down, we'll watch racing 24-7, no matter us. But, you know, the girls eh, at home, it's, eh, it's, 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 it is what it is. You know, it's kind of iffy. But we go to the track and just, it's like something, something clicks and something changes in you know in the girls especially Ava you know she gets down we always sit in the same spot Taz knows over and you know just coming out of turn four by the concession stand and there'll be a point in like midway through the modified race she gets so into it she'll go down and she'll stand right by that rope by the fence she'll just stand there all by herself and she'll watch the car she'll watch the car she'll watch the cars and she's wants to go in the pits and she gets so excited you know rooting out she's hooting and hollering for Jessica, she loves cheering on Jessica. She loves cheering on Jessica. And if Jessica's not out there, like on Sunday, she's hooting and hollering for Stewie. And, and she just gets so into it. So I really think, you know, my, my highlight is, is that. Is it, it's, 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 the, it's the atmosphere. It's the effect. It's, it's the total package of, um, you know, the, the, the guys, the crews, the drivers, that put forth the late nights, the, 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 in, the, the investment in the going out there on the track, you know, the, the tracks, you know, specifically because we're up on the Dale and his staff, they put on the short track super series events. They, they, they put on the, you know, regular week, regular, you know, weekly racing at Fonda. And what that does to a child, you know, and what that effect it has on them and how positive it is and, and, and I, that's really my highlight is, 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 is her reaction, how she excited she gets about it. And it's just, it's a big thank you to everyone who puts forth an effort 
time-wise, money-wise, the sacrifice it takes to get there and do that on a weekly basis on a touring series. And it's really, it's, it's just an amazing thing to watch. And so I believe that I would say undoubtedly that's my highlight of the night. All right. So I'm going to ask Miss Lee if she wants to ask a question. As soon as I answer this, in 45 seconds or less, give me something that if you could improve, at, if you could get in Brett Deo's ear for 30 seconds, what would be the one thing that you'd like to see improved at the track for the Firework 50? Oh, man. I am in no position to tell Brett Deo what to do. <laughs> no, but if you could make a suggestion... Because you've been to them. So you've seen it. You said you try to make the annual the annual pilgrimage mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from your house up there for this race. If there's one thing that you could improve, it could be parking, it could be vendors, it could be whatever. What what might be the one thing that you'd like to see improve over this year? Oh man. It could be parking. Um, no, I mean, there's no – parking's not an issue. Um, you know, the, the concession stand prices are good. You know, we always – you know, that's always good. Um, I mean, there's not – there's not really anything I, – I, I, I really don't have anything. It's, it's, it's always a good show. It's always, it's always entertaining. It's always – you know, you, you, you get the crowd. You get the – you get a star-studded field of cars no matter, no matter what event. You know, you, they all come out. And it's just it, it overall the overall experience is, is really good. I, I can't you know, I you know, coming from a small time promoter, you know, and having done it, I know how difficult it must be. I mean I can't imagine how difficult it must be to pull off a show like this and to do it and continually be successful with the crowds, with the car counts. Um he just, he just does a fantastic job. I don't I don't I, I Craig, I hate to I hate to put a damper on the question, but I can't you know, there's, you know, without, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything. That's all right. Okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to step in there and you're talking from a fan perspective. What mm-hmm. about from a racer perspective? A racer perspective. Um, well, to, to follow up on Craig's question. Yes. That's, no, that's fair. I think I think the only th- and 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 I'm gonna I'm going to tread very lightly here, because I understand the challenges facing the staff to put the show on on Saturday and to put the show on on Sunday. The only thing that I can possibly, you know, say from a racist, I guess this will travel to fans' perspective is, um, it's so hard to turn the track over. It's so hard to turn the track over over. It's so hard to get the surface where it's it's really racy the night after you just ran a full show. And right. you know, it, you know, and and so I, the only thing I and and this is very small because it's it's so difficult to do is if the track was maybe just a little racier. But that's not it. That's it's certainly that's not a negative. Um, 
you know, that's, that's not a negative on them. It's not a, you know, I'm not, it's nothing right. to that aspect. You know what I mean? It's nothing to the aspect. It's just, it's just the reality of the situation. It's just so, it's so difficult to do that. I was, I was talking to Aaron, right. I was, you know, and I, you know, we were talking, I said, the only way to do that, I mean, really in, in my mind, you know, not having prepped a, a big track, but you know, you know, I have minor experience is you're working. You got to work all day, all night, Saturday night. You got to work all day Sunday. And right. it's just, I just don't think it's, you know, with, you know, with, you know, curfews and I'm sure the town doesn't want the lights on 24 seven. So he doesn't right. want to pay the light bill 20. I'm sure the fair board doesn't want to lights on 24 seven and the noise with all the equipment. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. I don't want that job. I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to have to, to, to prep the track for a, a weekly show. And it was great racing Saturday, the track, you know, but then to turn it over and you got $10,000 online, you got a who's who coming in from the modifieds, a who's who coming in for the sportsman and to try to, to, it, to replicate, you know, you know, something, it's just, I, I don't want that job. I don't envy it. And it's, it's, um, that would probably be the only thing if I were to like slightly nitpick, and it's not a negative because it's so hard to do. Right, right. All right, so let's turn this around and let's talk about your family's racing. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that your girls, when they're not at the track, they don't care. <laughs> but when they're at the track, they're 100%. So... Let's hear what the girls are doing. Well, this year, um, Ava, out of the three girls, Ava is the one who's racing. She and her brother race. Um, the two, I asked my two younger girls, I said, hey, what do you want to do this year? And they were kind of six and one half dozen the other. So I said, all right, well, you know, we have the track at the house. Craig knows we got a track at the house. Um, and so we're going to, you know, we're going to probably start running on that probably you know, late August, early September. And that's really all they want to do. They want to go out. They want to tear around. They want to have fun at the house. That's fine. So um, Ava, Ava is really the only one actually, you know, really racing this year. Um, mm-hmm. Her and Aaron, her and Aaron. So, um, but she, she really gets into it. She's, um, she's competitive. You know, she wants, she's, she, she gets into it. She really enjoys doing it. She's, she's talented at it. And this year, this year was something I've noticed from her that what didn't happen like last year, the year before is if she, you know, she's, she's really starting to come into it where she's being more aggressive, not in like a, not in like a, you know, negative fashion, but you know, if she right. gets shuffled back on, you know, like if she would get shuffled back on starts, you know, like last year, she was more than content to just kind of, fool around and you know she'll you know she's she's going after it but if she can't really you know if it's not blatantly there she's not gonna but this year she's i've seen her in like you know 10 you know 10 car fields 10 cart fields here to to you know she'll start fourth or fifth you know and she'll she'll get shuffled back and and you know on the start or something will happen she's back to, back to eighth and by the end of the night, she drives her way back to second because she's she's going after it this year. And so that's the good for her. That's yeah, it's the biggest it's the biggest difference, you know, that she's shown this year is really um really getting really getting after it and 
and being more more I, I don't think aggressive is the right she's more assertive on the track she's more comfortable with her skill set and more comfortable comfortable with what she knows the cart's going to do and it's really it's really impressed me nice but off the track i will say she is your uh you've been posting pictures of stuff she's doing off the track as far as artwork mm-hmm. goes isn't that correct yeah she is extremely talented in like all things art um you know if, whether it's photography whether it's you know videography like i i told her we went down to we went down to action park in green new york um about two weeks ago two weeks ago this saturday you know we we, we have a youtube channel so we do vlogs of our races and stuff and i let and she just kind of much to my i was unaware but she took control of the, the phone that we used for the camera and she did some really awesome behind the scenes as we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready. We're waiting behind the scenes stuff with, you know, descriptions of what's going on, her and Aaron talking about stuff. And I told her, I watched it. I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. I said, next time we go out and race, I said, you know, I'll do my little, we're on our way to here spiel. I said, when we get to the track, the phone's all yours. Because she's just hmm. she has a she has a an eye for timing of she just she's really she's just really good at it and it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna just add to the the content that we are able to provide and, and behind the scenes look and well what's going on when we're at, when we're at the track on race day. Very nice, very nice. That is awesome. All right, well, Luke, it is nine thirty. I want to thank you. Tremendously yes, for jumping on uh, and joining us for this half hour and, and telling us your thoughts and your takeaways from the firework firecracker 50. I wanted to say 500. That would have been a heck of a race. <laughs> I will say this. The monster, the monster trucks are at Fonda tonight, and if people didn't go to that because they were afraid of a little rain, uh, they can go tomorrow night, mm-hmm. um, and their tickets will be honored at gate number two. Um, yes, sir. If anybody listening up there wants to go tomorrow night, tickets are $25 for adults, $15 for kids ages 3 to 12. I think I qualify for this one, Miss Lee. Children under two are free. Gates open at 530, <laughs> and there is a... There is a no. I don't buy senior discount, right? What's the What's, what's the that? senior citizen price? What's the senior citizen price, Craig? Because that's like right up your alley. Hey, Luke. Hey, I used Craig? to like you. You were my that's brother. Right. You're, like you're not supposed to pick. You're supposed. You're not supposed to pick on me. That's you still like you. <laughs> uh, no, I'd more than like you, my brother. I love you. You're an awesome. Yeah, person. I love you too, you're buddy. An awesome father. Thank and, you. And uh. Well, I, I'm proud to be associated with you, and and so is Teresa, and we are here, and I can speak for Miss Lee. We are honored to have you on every time you want to come on. Uh, we love Absolutely. having you on. Absolutely. You are welcome back anytime. Well, thank you. It's, a, it's an honor to be on week. the show. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, when, listen, it's an honor to be on the show. Whenever you guys want to have me on, I'll come on, and it's, you know, to be able to ramble on for a little bit, I appreciate it. All right, well. Again, thank you very much. If the kids are there with you, give them my love. Give them our love from Florida, and uh, 
hopefully we'll get to see them, not this trip, but the following trip. That sounds good. Thank you, guys. I so, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. You. All right. So I want to thank, again, Luke Rakowski from Rakowski Family Racing for joining us tonight, giving us his take on the fireworks Firecracker 50 at Fonda. Again, if you're up in that area and you want to check out the um, Monster Truck Racing, it is the Monster Truck Racing League at Fonda Speedway. Uh, tomorrow night will be your next chance. Uh, as I said, adults are $25, kids are 15, ages 3 to 12. Children 2 or under are free. Uh, gates open at 5.30. There's a pit party from 6 to 7. Showtime is 7.30. See you tomorrow night because I'm sure they're almost done for this evening. So, Miss Lee, it is that time in the show where we yep. give our picks for this weekend in Atlanta. But before I do that, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you're on a staycation this week. Um, so... Thank you for spending a little bit of your staycation with us. And uh, if I had to grade you on a scale of one to, if I had to grade you on a scale of one to five, I'd give you a ten. Uh, Tyler Reddick, real quick, Tyler Reddick. It was announced three days ago that he has re-signed with Richard Childress Racing in 2023. Um, This this will be his fourth time fourth full-time season in the Cup Series. Uh, So Tyler Reddick will be back in the Richard Childress uh, owned machine, eight machine. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's your your future of Childress Racing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Because nobody else is going to do it. Um, four new members are selected for the NMPA Hall of Fame. That is the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame class of 23. Dr. Dick Bergeron, uh, Shirley Muldowney, Scott Pruitt, and Frank Kimmel has been elected to the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame class of 2023. And, and, so and before nice we get to if I may say so. Yes, yes. When I was a kid, uh, many, many, many decades ago, I grew up in a couple of little towns in Pennsylvania. One of them was Piston, Pennsylvania, uh, not too far from Nanticoke, Pennsylvania. But Piston is the home of Top Fuel Funny Car driver. Joe Amato. Okay. So, if you if you've ever heard of that I name, that you, name. You, uh, uh, from what I remember, because I had met him a few times, a very nice man. I don't know if he's still alive, but uh, he was a very nice man. So I just I don't even know why I said that, but I did anyway. Uh, probably because of the Shirley Muldowney. Now here's a here's a question I got for you. The okay. top 13 drivers have all at least had one win. That would be Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Bowman, Reddick, Sendrick, uh, Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez. Now, the next four, 
three. Uh, one, two, three. Three don't have any. Ryan Blaney, Truex, or Bell. They're the they're 14th, 15th, and 16th in the top 16. Below the cutoff line is Kevin Harvick, Almirola, Eric Jones, or or uh, the newest TV celebrity, Austin Dillon. I don't know if you've caught that show. I have not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's dumb. Okay, good. And I won't even waste my time watching it on DVR. I yeah, guess I'll don't just bother. Um, but out of those out of those three already in the top 16, Blaney, Truex, and Bell, I'm not saying that these are your picks because you're on with us tonight, so I don't know what they are. Um, I don't know if one of those top th- those three that I mentioned are one of your picks this weekend or not. If they're not, who do you think out of those three is going to pick up a checkered flag before we get to the cutoff race? Actually, my pick for this weekend is Blaney. All right. All right. I think um, I think he gets a win. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, if I had to pick one of those three, I'm not saying that he's my pick. Uh, I pretty much gave away my pick earlier. Uh, mm. But if I had to give away, if I had to pick one of these three, I'm going to go with, I would go with Truex. I think knowing what he's Mm going to do next year, even though it was really his decision to make, um, allows him to focus a little more. And I think him winning the two stages last weekend gave him a bit of confidence going forward. Right. Um, but, But he's not my pick. I'm just saying that I think, and maybe he should be. Um, I'm just saying that maybe that will be the catalyst that he needs moving forward because all of that is put away. Or will we right. see another repeat winner out of the top 13? God only knows. But I'm going to give you my cup pick, and then you can share everybody else's. Okay. I mentioned... I talked about this guy at nauseum earlier. Um, you won't find a noose hanging in his stall this weekend because you didn't find one in Talladega. I said, right. that, I said that the last time we were in Atlanta, he finished eight. This is his style track. He's competitive at super speedway. Does he have will this will this shake up at Joe Gibbs? Because that's where his pit crew is coming from. They're not swapping with the forty five, which would make sense. <coughs> Theoretically, it would make sense. But this as we said earlier, this just goes to show you that they are the fifth and sixth Joe Gibbs cars. So he's right. getting Christopher Bell's pit crew long before they, I knew he was getting Joe, Joe Gibbs's uh, the 20 cars pit crew he was in my mind as a winner this weekend at Atlanta so he's going to be my pick for Atlanta this weekend I'm going to go with none other than Bubba Wallace um, I, you that, know 
I can't I I can't argue with your pick and your reasoning, but I still don't think the pit crew is going to make the difference. I don't really think it will either, but if I think the problem is atop the box. I think the problem well, is sitting and, on and, top of the and box. And that's why I advocated for not only the change in pit crews, but also crew chiefs. Right. Um, what is your, let's see, can we get to, I forget who Taz says he is going with. Uh, oh, Jason says, CJ said he's going with Larson. In the Cup Series, he's going with Rhodes in the truck and Algar in Xfinity. So we got him and out of the way. Has picked Giggles for Giggles Logano for Cup. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, that that's not a bad pick. That is not a bad pick at all. Now, um, we Chris do have the entry list. Yeah, and you know what? He's another one that he was – he's below the cutoff line. He's sitting at 20 points below the cutoff line. If he has another bad week, stick a fork at him, send him to the old folks' home, he's done. Yep. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree. I shouldn't I, I say think, that because I'm I older think Chris than him. Is, I think Chris is, is, is shooting at windmills here. I I don't see it. I I won't say it can't happen, but no, I I don't see Harvick. Taz's Xfinity pick is Gregson. Um, I think Gregson needs to be taken out back of the woodshed, yeah, and Daddy's yeah. picking up a big switch and taking it to his hind end, much like Ty Gibbs needs to have done to him. Uh, Chris's pick for Xfinity is I don't I don't have his truck or Xfinity picks here. Yeah, I don't see them. Oh, truck for him is Zane Smith. All right, so now we just got to find his Xfinity pick. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see that. But well, we can't I'm, find it. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going with Dinger for Xfinity because he was real close. He's done well on all, all kinds of courses this year. And I think he'll be. I think he's up there. All right. You're going with Dinger. I'm going to go another A, but I'm going to go with Allgaier. He was my Um, second pick. I'm going to go with Allgaier. And you and I are running a pretty tight race this year. Um, Yeah, we are, actually. And last year, last year we were holding up the we were holding up the rest of the lead. We were holding up the rest of the team on our shoulders. This year, they're holding us, right? Um, which, which is good to see. 
Uh, Taz, I mean, Chris is kicking everybody's bat, butt with the SRX series, and, and that's all right, because even the blind squirrel gets a nut once in a while. Exactly. Uh, truck picks. Truck, go ahead, Miss Lee. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn between That's a song we know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, John Hunter Nemechek, my perennial pick, or Ben Rhodes? And I'm going to go John Hunter. All right. Any reasoning behind that or just? Just because I like John Hunter. All right. Well, you know what? I kind of alluded to him earlier, and I'm going to take him. I'm going to take the man that has not lost a Firecracker 50 since he's been in it. I'm gonna, and I think he's gonna be bad fast at Atlanta. I'm going to take Mr. Stuart Friesen for the W. You at know Atlanta. what? And and I would be very happy to see Stewie win this. I would too, because it would solidify his spot in the chase. He's got to win already, so he's there. But it would just. I'm sorry. Uh, they're at Mid-Ohio this weekend. So I'm still going to take Stewie because I would love to see him get another win. It would solidify his spot in the chase. Right. And show that he is in the series to play with the big boys. Um, and that's right. just what he needs after, you know, what he's had going on. Again, I'm going to stick with my. Uh, I'm going to stick with my pick of Stewie in the truck series. Um, I think we've got everybody. Uh, CJ, that's who we don't have. We don't have his picks. Um, he picked Ben Rhodes, Jason Allgaier, and Larson. Well, I am kind of surprised he did not pick the Candyman. Right. That is usually that is usually his. Oh, we got a kidnapped child in Palm Beach County. Uh, hopefully they find him or her. Um, so I apologize for that beeping noise, but that was an Amber Alert out of Palm Beach County, Florida, for a kidnapped child. Um, no problem. So normally, normally he was. Normally, he would go with Kyle Busch. I'm kind of shocked that he didn't. Um, heck, this may even shame him into it. Who knows? <laughs> but what do, you, what do you think the headlines are going to be on Monday? Hmm, that's something I didn't really think about. Hmm. Oh, yeah, we got to do the SRX picks, I guess. Because we found we got. So while you're thinking about that, I'll give you. While you're thinking about my question, I will give you the entry list. Uh, We have Helio Castroneves, Helium Man, 
We have Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, Joseph Newgarden, as opposed to Paul Oldgarden. We have Paul Tracy, Matt Kenseth, Tony Kanan, the other Tony who shouldn't be racing in his own series, Tony Stewart, hmm. uh, Mikey Waltrip, Bobby Labonte, the winner at last week at Stafford Motor Speedway, Ryan Newman, Cole Williams, Greg Biffle, and Marco Andretti are your picks for Nashville. All right. So I don't have them in any particular order, but Taz picked Bobby Labonte. Uh-huh. Um, Chris picked Tony Stewart. CJ picked Matt Kenseth. Interesting. Um, I I'm sticking with my pick from last week, Mario Andretti. Or I'm sorry, Marco Andretti. Marco, I was gonna say Mario. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's pretty baldy. But hey, that that's hilarious. Now I guess I got to give you mine because I was actually thinking of Marco. Um, mm. I'm guessing that Cole Williams is the local favorite. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Biff, Greg Biffle. Okay. Uh, That's an interesting pick. Yeah, well, you know, Taz says my cup pick was pretty ballsy. So, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to go. And my pick for last week for uh, the SRX series series was the same way because I went with Justin Marks, although he didn't do me any good. Right. Taz says those aren't bad picks. So I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, so, Monday's headlines today, and then we're going to get out of here. All right. Monday's headlines today. Another first-time winner in NASCAR. All right. I'm going to say... Uh, Bubba Wallace pulls off the impossible hmm. and gets himself into the chase, maybe. Because don't forget, he's just because they have that win, it doesn't automatically catapult him into the chase. If there's right. a tie, they go by top fives, top tens, and DNFs. So, uh, you know... Uh, They've really got to, if they win, if there's a first-time winner this year, they have got to be spot on for the next seven races and make very little mistakes. Exactly. So, um, so you know what? That, that brings up the point of these drivers looking strategy-wise at building up Stage point. 
how much is that going to play into who gets in and who doesn't? Bingo. I mean, case in point, look at Ross Chastain. Him and Chase Elliott, they each have 13 stage points apiece. Mm -hmm. They each have two wins. Right. So when it comes to the final tally at the end of the year, it's going to go who has the most top fives, who has the most top tens, who has the least amount of DNF, that's Chase Elliott. So, you know, these guys that are don't have a win yet, they need to go for the win. They don't need the points right. Because it isn't going to matter whether you get in there on points. You're probably going to be the one of the first ones eliminated unless you get a win in the first three races. Right. <laughs> so what do you um, think the chances are Denny Hamlin makes it to the end this year? As much grief as we give Denny Hamlin, or as Taz nicknamed him, the hamster, <laughs> um, I would love to see him finally break through the glass ceiling and bring home the championship. However, I'd like to see him do it for his own team and not Joe Gibbs. Hmm. That is interesting. Because he's another one that I think has an attitude problem. Yes, he does. But he's getting to the twilight of his career. Um, As we stated last week, multiple times during the show, when is it going to be that Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin say, screw this, Stop giving us your wannabe pit crew members, and we're going to buy our own pit crew. Well, now they're getting you know they're getting the reject from Joe Gibbs. We're getting the twenty car, the pit right. twenty three. We'll see how it works. Who knows? Mikey, my, MJ, and and DH might say, "Hey, listen." Come to work for us. We'll match your salary plus five percent. Um, hmm. I the thing that that upsets me, I guess, in a way, and I and I, I've said it in the group chat before. I'm not a huge sports fan. Um, I love NASCAR, always have. But NASCAR, I think, is the only sport that doesn't give you the driver's salary. Baseball does it, hockey does right. it, football does it, basketball right. does it. NASCAR is the only one that keeps it close to the vest. Right. I honestly wonder why that is. Um, I wish they would release what their salaries are. Some of them are probably paid far more than they're worth. But I look <laughs> no at it shit. like this, and I don't, and I know how you feel about politics and how you feel about Washington to an extent. But I look at it like this. When I have baseball players that are hitting a ball with a bat, making more money than a standing sitting pre- or a sitting president, there's a problem. Right. So 
Give us the salaries of the NASCAR drivers. Give us the salary of the crew chiefs. I want to know what a jack man makes a year to be away from his family 40 weeks, 37, 38 weeks a year. Yeah, um, well, you know, it, it, is it worth it for me to do that kind of job or not? Right. I mean, now I'm sure they and, – and those are probably the guys that fly in on Saturday night for Sunday and then fly back out. But still, they're away from their family. Is it is it worth it plus the pit pat practice? Um, I want to, I'm curious to know how they hold pit practice during the week without having a one lug nut gun. Is that part of the problem that we're seeing in NASCAR this year because the guns aren't issued to them until they get there for the weekend? Damn, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that either until about 35 seconds ago. But we're seeing an awful lot of pit road penalties because of one lug, one lug nut loose. Hmm. If maybe they had one of these guns, they could practice. So that I'm going to look into it. Something that needs to be explored further. Absolutely. So I'm going to look into that tomorrow morning when I get up, because uh, I think I'm getting my my haircut tonight, um, even at this late hour. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know if what that is, because it used to be, they didn't get the guns until Friday. till they got there. Um, how can you expect the team to be flawless on pit road when they don't have a gun? Of course they had guns last year and they had five lug nuts and they couldn't get most of them tight. So, right. Exactly. And, and what was the Joe Gibbs advantage with their guns for Lodnut. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's where we're at with that. We are getting up to the top of the hour. I mean, luckily, because I wasn't sure if we'd go over or not, I did book this for an extra half hour um, just in case somebody went long. But I'm going to look into that one lug nut. I'm going to look into that lug nut thing, uh, lug gun thing, and see what the deal is. Uh, and I'm going to snoop around. I'm going to actually have my FBI agent in the house uh, <laughs> go around, see what she can find out over the next couple of days about driver's salaries. Um, and then I'm going to also try to reach tell out to Stuart Friesen this her week. To look at, tell Teresa to look at their net worth. Okay. I, last I looked, Kyle Bush's net worth is something like – yeah. I mean, last I heard, Kyle Bush wanted something like $29 million a year. Between 25 and $29 million a year. Um, I'd love to know what Bubba makes a year. I will definitely look into that and see, uh, see what we can find out. And I will either post it or share it on next week's show. Next week... All of us will be back, hopefully. I know Chris is sicker than a dog. He's he's like I was when I came back last month. Uh, we listened to him earlier, and he was sicker than a dog. So hopefully he gets better and can join us next week. 
Taz will be back with us next week. Miss Lee is never going to be afraid again to jump on board and just give her give us her thoughts because we kind of eliminated that theory right out the window this week. Um, I want to thank I you for jumping in. Being on air. I know, but you know, you will. Pr- this will probably this this thing in the words of Larry the Cable Guy will probably go aluminum. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe this week we can actually beat Southern Dirt Track Racing Report, which, by the way, airs on Thursday night, uh, 8 o'clock. It is always a great lineup. If you've not ever listened, I encourage you to tune tune in. Then Sunday night is the Jay Dillon Show. Monday night, CJ is back. He was not on last night because uh, the wife had planned out some things, and he was not aware of it, and he found out about it late. So, um he will be back on Monday, and then uh, Tuesday night we are back. Next month we have Seth Christensen Racing joining us. He is 14 years old. He is from Georgia. Um, he's going to be joining us on a Tuesday night. They will be back in school, but his father did say he can stay up late to do the interview. We told him we would not have him on very long, so we'll try to keep the interview to 15, 20 minutes. Uh, so cool. that way we can make sure that he gets the right amount of rest for school. We don't want that to be the reason that uh, his grades are in the toilet for at least a second week back at school. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember having kids, and my kids used every excuse in the world to stay up late. Um, so, again, Miss Lee, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Joining me tonight, I want to thank the incomparable Taz Taylor for joining us, my bestest friend in the whole wide world and a, and a super cool guy and awesome father and good friend of the show, Luke Kukoski, for joining us. I even want to thank Miss Teresa for chiming in her two cents every now and then um, and, and telling Miss Lee that she needs loads and loads of alcohol to deal with the, the, the testosterone-filled show that is Race Chat Live on a weekly basis. I love um, you, Teresa. <laughs> she's in the house, actually. I was outside enjoying the uh, the light show that the good Lord is putting on for us here in South Florida. Um, so I, I just want to say this while she's here and can listen. Miss Lee says she loves you, Miss Teresa, for, for saying she needs the alcohol to she put up. We did not have a fan question this week, so I'm sure we'll have another fan question next week. Um, if anybody would like to submit a fan question, please do so uh, via the Race Chat Live page. It makes it easier for all of us to see it, um, so that way we're all aware of what it is right away. And uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. You don't even need to open the app. It'll take you right to it. If you have a Spotify app, go in and like uh, the 110 Nation Sports Show. You can see all of our shows on there. CJ's, Jay Dillon's, Artie's show, our show. Uh, you know, tune in, like, share it. When you see the links come out, share the links. We can't thank you enough. Apple, iTunes, uh, Spreaker. There's a bunch more. Uh, I'm terrible at this. I should write them down every time. 
Yeah, anywhere you get your podcast from, I guarantee you we're there. And if not, we will be. You just tell us, and we will do our we will do our damnedest to make sure we are there. For Miss Lee, myself, and all of us here at Race Chat Live, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week, the same bat time, the same bat channel, eight o'clock Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. And uh, hey, if your local tracks are racing this weekend. By God, by golly, by gee, get out and support them because without them, you'll have nothing to do on the weekend. Good night, everybody. Night, all. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.